0: You're now tuned in to LifeSong Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankle dig into the Word line by line. Verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankel, and as always, my co-host, Mr. Philip Ramsey. Hello. Hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm just fine. Good to see you. Good to see you and we uh had a great time lately just got off of the resurrection not too long ago it's been great resurrection sunday i am charged up i am i'm on fire just just what the resurrection means for christianity i'm so excited just what i've learned and how i've dove into the word and learned even more from this but
0: isn't it amazing when you when you teach the scripture that's really when you learn yeah I know you, you got to teach the other day last minute on the resurrection to it to a group of young folks yep. and man, you were just boiling over. Yeah. What's yeah. up with that?
1: Uh, well you when you when, you know, <laughs> you just said it exactly right. Yeah. When you teach you have to dive into it. I don't want to yeah. go into the classroom, you and I are about the same. We don't want to go in there kinda halfway knowing things. We wanna know and we wanna when I teach I almost Preach, if yeah, you will. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a lot of passion, as you can probably see. We Be both excited. have this passion. So anyway, resurrection, how the centrality of the gospel, the centrality of our Christian faith without the resurrection, doesn't Solid mean anything. We might as well burn this. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. But we have a risen Savior. We serve a risen Savior. Yeah.
0: That's good stuff, man.
1: Well, we are, we have turned a page. Literally, Isn't in my that Bible. Amazing?
0: <laughs> Let me just say this real quick. I just, uh, I'm a photographer. I photographed somebody this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, he's from Memphis, him and him, his wife. They have, excuse me, I may get it wrong, yeah. okay, seven or eight children. Okay. And I, I have photographed today was the seventh child who's a high school senior. So he's brought, I might get, it may be seven or eight, I forget, but he's brought all of his kids to me to do their senior That's pictures. right And a couple of years ago, I photographed one of his senior kids. Today I photographed the other one. We got one more to go. And it was amazing. I said, You remember last time we talked? I said, I told you about our, our program. I said, Well, I said, You know what book we were in? He said, Yeah, Roman. <laughs> I said, Well, we're still in Romans. That's two years ago. So and uh he remembered the conversation. Well, that's so, great. That's I great. said, We're just in thirteen, so yeah. but, but it's been good and we're, I have learned a lot. I learned a lot today. I mean, about what we're gonna do today. Yeah. And uh it's it's really eye opening. It's really if you're you know, we 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 love America, right? Oh yeah. And we, we, we're a blessed nation and you know, we're we're not in agreement with the direction of some way that some things are going and this is going to pop us a little bit between the eyes yeah. of, of what we're supposed to do as believers under under uh, god ordained government who has authority and it's, it, it goes against the grain a little bit but we we have to submit you know we'll, we'll, we'll get into that
1: yeah well you're exactly right this is so relevant it's always relevant, but it's even more relevant for us today within the context of of us and government and government overreach and and their authority and and where we're at in this this uh, if you will if you will a uh, pandemic or however you want to label it uh, and, and we we've seen the government be in our lives quite a bit more than we've ever seen them and so uh, for us to to be able to dive in this. And, and to see this in this context, it really it really uh, comes to life, and it really challenges us. Like you said, there's going to be some application for us, and how we are to apply this text. And, and this is application. There is theology in here, but it, it's mainly application. And, and what are we to do? How are we to respond to government? How are we to respond to authority over mm-hmm. us? And in particular, the governing authority over us. And so that's where we find ourselves. We are turning a new page. We're going to Romans thirteen. We, in fact, we have been. Uh, we were in Romans twelve for quite some time, and I love that chapter. What a practical chapter mm. that was! Learned so much through that, and I, I uh, ask that you go back and go go listen to those those episodes. Uh, it's so much practical application, and and we've been in this context lately of this this persecution. Right? how are we to overcome evil I mean in fact Paul says at the end of chapter 12 do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good mm-hmm. and I can't help that Paul continues this flow of thought if you will I don't think they're disjointed in any way right where he's been talking about this persecution and how we're to uh how to we're to respond to those who are evil against us how we're not to repay those back for, for vengeance is Gods yeah and 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 it's it's almost as if Paul Paul has in mind here as he goes into this government, guess what? Governing authorities are going to be evil. <laughs> yeah. You know, We've seen that. There are some who raise up that are very good, but ultimately when you give someone that kind of power and governing authorities, whether it be a monarchy, whether it be a, uh, a, a republic in which we are in, or a democracy in which some other countries are in, or a dictatorship, whether it is people take power, you give power, they love to take it more, and we see this evil rise up within government. However, what we find out is, and we're going to look at this is, is that God is the one that raises these people up. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> it is, and it, and it's not a New Testament. No, it,
0: uh, yeah, you go back to the Old Testament. We'll, we'll probably hit some scripture on that where you see God uses God. Look here, God. God puts kings into position, sure. and He takes kings out of position. So we should rest in that. Yeah, yeah. we're to always do what's right. Absolutely, and we should be, you know, active in our communities. And God wants righteousness to rule. But ultimately, at the end of the day, God's will will be done. And so we should rest in that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll hit some scriptures today. It talks well, about that.
1: Well, so just a, just a little kind of kind of how we're going to go. We're going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Take a little bit. This may take three or four episodes to get through because of the the application here within our lives and just how how big these verses are. But we wanna we wanna look today of how a Christian is to function within the society as a law abiding citizen. How are we to function in in society? Right? What is our role, Christians' role, to the government? Right? How do we um, to submit to that authority? Right? What is our role as a Christian to the government authority? And what we're gonna do next week? is we're going to do something a little different. Phil and I've kind of just been planning on this and and it it comes by way of a pastor in Canada and I'll set it up a little bit later, but what we're going to look at is is the government's role as uh, as given by God. Yeah. What is what is the government's role and how they're to treat citizens uh and and, and what and what God has ordained them to do. Right? What are how are they to govern? Now it doesn't mean that they're going to govern rightly, but this is the way they're to do it. So we're going to look at that, uh, but we're going to let a pastor who preached a sermon on that kind of exegete that text for us, and we're going to pop in and out of that. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more, but that's kind of where we're going to land today. What we want to look at is 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 the Christian's role in submitting to the authorities, right? In submitting to the government and. This really, this passage here in Romans 13 is addressing how we're to walk in a manner, as Paul talks about in Philippians, worthy of our calling in relationship to the governing authorities. Whatever the form of government may be or whatever or whoever is in government. Right, Paul doesn't say, "Hey, this is this is in reference to a monarchy." He doesn't say this is in reference to dictatorship or a uh, a republic, if you will, a constitutional republic or a dictatorship or a uh, excuse me a um, a uh, democracy. But but he 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 just says governing governing authorities. He doesn't say what kind of government. So we need to kind of remember that, right? He never he rarely never ever defines uh, the type of government here. And it's interesting. I was thinking, is why does Paul suddenly move to a discussion of the believer's relationship to the government? Why does he do that? Well, I think it's still in context of this evil, overcoming evil with good. But I think one commentator, I was reading this, he suggested this, that while the Roman local church was predominantly Gentile, Yet there were some Jewish members still there. The Jews of the Roman Empire were notoriously bad citizens. Many held on the ground of Deuteronomy 17:15 that to acknowledge a gentile, gentile ruler was sinful. Gentiles in contact with such Jewish Christians could well imbibe the spirit of anarchy which such an attitude would foment thus Paul writes to make sure that these Christians understand their relations and obligations to government so we don't know why he does that but that's a, a potential reason why he suddenly turns to this government government argument here well
0: let's maybe let's read the scripture and then let's talk about uh, what's going on with the government at the time yeah. that that uh, Paul is writing this so we're going to read probably seven verses chapter 13. I'll be reading out of the ESV. Praise the Lord for that one. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) What is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Last verse, seven, pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed so as you look at this uh this is the church at rome and they have a leader at the time in Rome is uh, is Nero, right? That's right? Nero is the Caesar. Nero was a great guy, right? <laughs> he loved yep. people so much he burned them on the stake, right? <laughs> so the context of what Paul, what Paul is writing here is you got to think about you know is you got to think about Israel, you got to think about the church. They are they're in Rome under Roman rule, and the head and the government at that time, was a very corrupt government. Nero was a maniac. He was a maniac. He did a lot of horrendous things. So that's, so. There, the church at this time was under a government system that was extremely evil. And Paul writes this. So that's the context of that. You got anything to add to that? No, I'm
1: just it's a tyrannical government. It's it's something beyond what we can't imagine today, if you will. I don't even think China held, holds a, a candle to this. Maybe North Korea, if you will. But you're exactly right. Nero had just come on. They just got off of Claudius. It uh, was the, the the Caesar there at the time, and he hated Jews just as much. You've got these Jewish zealots as well that are within the church who 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 are trying to call, cause anarchy.
0: Yeah, a zealot a zealot just meaning that they were in. Full- rebellion towards anyone because right. like you said earlier you know part of the the god's word is is not to have a ruler over you so they were they were not going to submit to that to anyone they were not going to pay Taxes to anyone? They were in constant rebellion towards
1: Rome. Right. They were zealots. Sure. So you have all these factions that are that are playing a role in this in in this uh, church here, if you will. You know that are that are really coming at the Gentiles in this church, and and Paul, being the pastor that he is, he is he is giving them uh, sound counsel, if you will. And so, yeah, you have a tyrant upon the throne, though he's not as bad as he will be uh in ten years when peter writes his epistle, right, and when when Nero is literally burning the city down so that he can rebuild it, but and and where he is taking Christians and using their body as their as the lampstands to light his garden. Mm. This is an evil man. Very. And so uh that's the context in which we find ourselves here Uh, when Paul writes this. So we need to kind of remember this is, is this is not some constitutional republic in which we live in today. However, however, as Paul writes this to the Christian, it has direct applications to us as well today. Because he doesn't say what governing authority is talking about. He says, you're just to submit to the governing authority Mm -hmm. at that time, whatever you're in. So what we see here, Phil, is is this verse 1. Is I, I labeled it just this exhortation that Paul gives. Paul is given an exhortation, if you will. There's an imperative. And Paul says here, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. Well, I don't know about you, but what does every mean to it,
0: you? It, well,
1: contextually, right,
0: we know this is written to believers, but, but in the big picture, Every this is everybody on the planet. Sure. This is a universal rule that, that every 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 soul, right, every soul, whether they are in Christ or in Adam, are to be subject to the
1: authorities. Right. Absolutely. And so so Paul says that these people are in, in to be in subjection to the governing authorities. And what does it mean to be in subjection? Well the word was a military term, mm-hmm. right? It means to what? To line up or to, to get up under, if you will, to get in to get in line up under. It's a it's it was used in which the soldiers were in absolute obedience to the superior officer. It means to be submissive to them, right? And so in fact, our you know, our entire Christian life, Phil, is in submission. Right? That that's that's who we are. We're in submission to who. To God, mm-hmm. right, and Christ's lordship, right. This is our. This is a lordship salvation. We serve Him. When you, when you came to be a believer, when I came to believer, you you can't come from being under submission to the master of sin. Sin was our master. But then we were redeemed, and now we're brought into the family of God where we are a servant of Christ. Paul, in fact, says this numerous times that he is a bondservant to Christ. In this same epistle, he says, I'm a bondservant to Christ, right? He is our master. We are serving him. We're in submission to him. If you're outside of Christ, you serve the devil, the prince of the power of the air. You serve the flesh. You serve the master of sin. That is your that is your uh, authority, if you will, right? But we're, we're all serving someone. There's submission here. In fact, Paul talks about that, that we're to be submissive to one another. In Ephesians 5.21, be subject to what? One another. Wives are to be in subject, submission to their husbands, children to their parents, slaves to their masters, employees to their employers. So we're always in submission to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we, we need to remember that. Right? We, we, we shouldn't be surprised that when Paul says here, it should not come as a surprise, he says, be in submission to the governing authorities. You have anything to add?
0: No, uh, I do not. Yeah. I, w- I will say that is a, a passive imperative, which means. Uh, it's a command. Yep. It's not an option. And a Christian is to willingly place himself under all governing authorities, whoever they may be. Yeah. Whether they be good. You know, America, That we, we live here in America. We've been blessed for over 200 years. We've, we have experienced some, some freedoms. Like, we got it made. I mean, it's bad now. But you go over to China. Look, you, you have a page or different areas of, of the world. You have a page of the Bible. You're 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 killed. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so, you know, we're losing some of our, our freedoms now, but nothing like what a lot of these other countries are. But it doesn't matter if the government is a good government or a bad government. We are to fall in line under submission. Yeah. Now, that stings. Yeah. That stinks. It does. But hang on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> There is that, some that, light but, but yeah, still we're gonna that, parse that
1: out. Yeah, there's some stinging but, Yeah,
0: that we're not gonna like, but it God says to still submit.
1: Yeah, taxes would be one thing which I don't like. Do you like to pay taxes? Love it. I, I just, <laughs> bet you do <laughs> because they don't pay any. Day. Now, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, you and I were talking about this. Is is man? Well, how do you handle with when our tax dollars go and they're they're paid for abortions? Right, our tax dollars are being paid for abortions. You know, but we're called to pay our taxes. So we the things that we have to work at. But there is a, we're going to get into some yeah. of the things if word was the submission stop. Yeah. So, but, but Paul, you know, God has delegated this authority to some people, right? This is, this is what authority means. Governing authority means, like you said, every position of civil authority with regard to competency, morality, reasonableness, or any other caveat. And this authority, this Greek word means out of self. And it means that you're free to act accordingly because you've been given this position and you have authority over others, so God has delegated authority to some people to act, to govern, and without authority, here's the issue, without authority, it would just be the Wild West, if you will. Authority, and we're going to find out, is supposed to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, it has a role, it, and it's good if we don't if that doesn't have it. It's, it's, it's chaos. It's, yeah,
1: and, and we're, we're seeing that, right? We see that. We see those rights trampled upon people when they're not governing correctly. We're going to get into that. Titus 3.1. Remind them, Paul says, to be subject to ruler, not Paul. But, but but remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. Since the performing of good deeds when we are subject to the authorities over us, first peter two thirteen, fourteen. here's this and, and this is in the middle, as you will well know, the middle of of Christians literally being killed for their faith. Families being pulled from their homes, homes being burnt. Here's what he says. Nero is still on the throne, right? Persecution is is busting loose. Peter is writing to those who are aliens abroad, believers scattered to do to persecution. He says in verse 13, "...submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king or as to the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right." And what Paul's saying here, or or here in our text, is that you are to be in submission to the governing authorities because God has established these governing authorities. Yeah. That's what he's saying.
0: Also, who else uh, subjected himself to authority? Yeah, Christ. Christ. <laughs> uh, John 19, 9 says, uh He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, talking about Pilate, and this is their their conversation. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Hmm. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority? And guess what? He does. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you jesus answered him and i i wish i could have it's been a fly on the uh, wall this <laughs> he, is a mic drop moment <laughs> right here right he said uh you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given unless it had been given you from above therefore he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin so Pilate had authority yeah and w- what did Pilate do with his authority kill christ yeah yeah oh some some tension there, isn't it? A little bit. I,
1: I just wonder if the old lump got up in the pilot's throat when Jesus said you wouldn't have any authority. Yeah. I, it's just you know, kind of this. Mm.
0: So this God given authority was was a part of God's plan yeah.
1: for His crucifixion. But one question comes to mind: Is what does it mean to be in subjection? To be submissive to them. Now, does submission? Here is the question: Does submission demand obedience? Let me say it again. Does submission demand obedience? Typically, yes. But Paul doesn't write that we're to be obedient to the government, right? There's certainly an overlap between submissiveness and, and obedience there. We have this overlap here. But obedience almost demands more. And obedience doesn't take into account that there are some times when we just can't obey the government. We know that there are times we can't obey the government. Scripturally speaking, right, we see that. Daniel 3. What do we see? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a prime example. We also see the examples of the apostles in Peter 5.29. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Right, so, so it's possible to be submissive to the government but, and disobedient at the same time. Absolutely. Right? We can practice civil disobedience while maintaining a submissive posture. In fact, our, our, the pastor that we're going to play next week, James Coates, talks about this. He says, by, by humbling—how how do we do this? By humbly subjecting ourselves to the consequences of our civil disobedience. Let me say that again. How are we to practice civil disobedience while maintaining a submissive posture? We do, we humbly subject ourselves to the consequences of our civil disobedience. So when we're called to follow God over the governing authorities, there is possibility that going to be some consequences to that, and we must humbly submit to them because we are to obey God rather than men. We recognize that we're not... That we are not the government, but we are, our, our responsibility is to Christ. We serve Christ. And when that responsibility to Christ conflicts with the government, we have the responsibility to submit to Christ rather than the government. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we do it graciously. We do it humbly. Right? We don't do it like the zealots. We don't do it anarchic, anarchically. An, that's not even a word. Mm-hmm. We don't do it in anarchy. Right? They, they have the right before God to do what is right and obey, or, or do what is right, and they will be held accountable for that, and when they act unjustly, God will settle the score at the end of the day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We, we, are, we ultimately serve God. So when the government asks us to do things or commands us to do things that are against God, we serve God over the government, and we take those consequences that come with doing that.
0: And that, you know that could be you know that could be a lot of things. Just like the pastor went to jail for a couple months yep. for just simply preaching you know gathering at his church. Yeah. So we have to uh, submit to the government, and sometimes we we will uh, we will reap the consequences of the, that disobeying. Yep. Not, but when I go against God's word, we have to go with God's authority versus. What authority they have, and that we'll break that down more next week, and yeah. where government comes and what they can do and what they can't do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. I was going to name those three categories. Let me just name right, those yeah. three categories real quick, so we can kind of keep. This is what we're going to talk about next week. Is is it? it the, it's important to note that practicing civil disobedience in one area doesn't mean we practice civil disobedience in every area. There's a couple of of areas in which we are to do that, and how do we how do we decide those things what's the necessary criteria and I think three categories that pastor Coates and other theologians label out here is that help us to decide when civil disobedience we go against the government governing authorities number one is when the government forbids what God commands and maybe you'll put this right here below the you know right here on the right here, right here. yeah when what the government when the government forbids what God commands for example when when he forbids uh, that they forbid us to preach the word. Right, we can't do that. When the government here's number two. When the government commands what God forbids, God forbids the killing of babies. We can't do that. We will not follow in line of that. Right, uh, or, or or worshiping idols. We will not do that. Number three. When the government commands what isn't theirs to command. For example, the terms of worship for a local church. We will not. That's, as, as Pastor Coe says, that's not their jurisdiction. That's God's jurisdiction. We will not fall in line because of that. In fact, many pastors have done that and have, have fallen to that, unfortunately. Many churches have done that, allowed the governing authorities to dictate how they're to worship. No, God dictates how you are to worship, the regulative principle. So these are the categories in which we are to follow and in which we can enter into civil disobedience. Now, there's consequences to pay like we've talked about, but those are the categories. And we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But uh, all of that is geared, if you will, to the response to the government, our response to the government so so what you have anything else to add on that? you keep going all right well I, just let's move on here in the middle of verse one Paul gives us the reason and we know that because he says the word what for here's the term of explanation. Paul says for there is no authority here he's explaining why we're to be in subjection to the governing authorities says for there's no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God right and he, he God answers to no one. He is the sovereign, supreme ruler upon his throne. Whatever authority that is upon earth, you said Pilate earlier, Nebuchadnezzar, whether it be Pharaoh, whether it be Biden, whether it be Zhao or Zhao or Xi, whatever his name is, whatever, whoever it is, it has been given to them by God. That's, we need to understand that. That is our theology. That's mm-hmm. how we understand of why we're to obey them because God has set them up yeah. for the authority. Paul says those which exist are established by God. Established is a military term, which means to line up like soldiers, right? And so we're to fall in line. And, and so what, what we want to do here is next week we're going to kind of look at this. We're going to look at some examples in Daniel in the Old Testament of, of this. And also next week we want to look at, we want to take Pastor James's James' Cose's sermon, which he preached from Romans 13, this exact passage. The next week after he preached this, he was handcuffed, taken to jail, Without a trial, and he sat there for two months. He just got out, but we're going to able to play his sermon. We're going to let him exegete this. But what we're going to look at next week is is not our role according to the government, but the government's role according to what God has established. Here's here's your teaser. Okay, we have rights as God's
0: created beings, right? we have a right to worship. We have a right to life. We have a right to work. Right. And, and when, when uh, government crosses over those lanes and messes with any of those, then they're out of their job description.
1: Absolutely. So come to us next week. We'll see you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.
0: You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com see you next week for another episode of life song radio